0: Welcome, folks, again, to the long-anticipated episode of CodeCast with my good friend, Jason Benjamin. Um, This is going to be a part two, so if you're a brand new listener to the podcast, stop right now. Stop. Turn this one off. Go back and listen to the Master of Disguise episode. You'll also see it's... uh, I don't know, apostrophized, whatever that symbol is, uh, part one. Um, So we're going to pick it up from here. So we got the story of, of Jason last time, understanding who he is a person. And then now we get to understand what I would arguably say is one of the most important lines of business that you could possibly enter into and also one of the most noble lines of business you can enter into um, especially as we sit here in the 2022 year, Jason, how are you doing? How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good, man. It's good to be here again. <laughs> I didn't think that was gonna happen, but thanks for having me back.
0: No, we're. Uh, I'm excited. So, Jason, the mix. So, it, Jason's create. We're actually we're gonna do it this way. We're just gonna talk about the idea. We're not even gonna talk about the business just yet. But so, Jason, yeah, you, obviously, you know, picking up where we left off last time, right? the thought of within, what was the one thing that, you know, how did it first start? Because obviously we all have ideas in our head. Everyone's got a great business idea. You hear about them all the time from your buddies, you know, having lunch, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: I want to know two big things and I'm sure that listeners want to know too. One, how did the idea initially pop in your head? And two, what was the spark to say, I'm going to go for it? One happens all the time, but two, the good idea is yeah. cross paths a dime a dozen. So if you can answer those two, that'd be awesome.
1: 100%. So how did it pop into my head? You know, it's it's one of those things that intersected my own personal experience. And I got, you know, the privilege to go to 12-step recovery meetings for love addiction. I got a chance to do one-on-one therapy sessions. And there was something about that intersection between, you know, what I learned in Group therapy, what I learned in one on one therapy, what I learned in like anonymous like meetings where you got to hear people's stories, that I was like, this is a thing that should be available to everybody. It is available to everybody, but it should be more accessible to people without like the friction of self identifying as a particular thing or having life hit like the bottom in some Mm -hmm. way. Like just this as a practice. I think about it honestly, Cody. Just, you know, I appreciate you in my life as somebody who really understands finance and, like, knows how to help people make good decisions and how that should be taught in school at an earlier age. Like, it should just be what we know to make good decisions. And I, it, it's amazing to me that it took me, you know, 12, 13 years into being an, an adult, a proper adult, to really wrestle with the things within my own life And it was just, you know, I was about I think it was about four years ago, I would say, where it just kind of hit me. Literally, I was in a hotel room in San Francisco. I kind of was like in between wake and sleep state. And I had this kind of like download into my mind and I just started scribbling these ideas. And I literally called it as we go at the time. I was like, there needs to be a place where we can kind of learn from each other and connect to the stories of other people like us when we feel certain things because the number one thing is we always feel alone in our experiences. And so I was like, what is that? So it was like, as we go at first, um, and it just sat there as an idea for a while. I didn't do anything with it. I scribbled the notes and then I just kind of moved on because then it was the friction of, well, I don't know how to code. I don't know how to, I have a design background, but I don't know how to do like UI UX design. Like this isn't really my space. Um, The last enterprise I had was when I was 16 years old and I was selling candy in high school because I wanted a few extra hundred bucks a month to like live my life, (laughs) which was a pretty decent enterprise. Uh, I actually had two employees, which was fun. Really, but like, yeah, yeah. It, that's a whole story. They called me the Candyman in high school. It was kind of, kind of fun. We might do part but, three. Uh, we
0: might do part three. We'll see. If we- <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's a short, it's a short story, man. All right. But no, it was kind of like it was like I don't have the tools at my disposal to do this thing, and it, it was just an Evernote thing at the time. It just it still lives in Evernote. I go back to that first like note that I wrote down time and time again and i ended up getting the, the the privilege to go work for a tech startup um at another mental health company and i started to build relationships and build connections with people and they had a particular path that they were focused on which which i thought was noble but i wanted to go a layer deeper and i started to just be people and build relationships and i met my co-founder um through that experience i didn't know him from anyone he was at a hackathon he shared an idea that was like adjacent to my idea. And I was like, we got to connect. And so I sat with him. I told him all about this idea. He was like, man, this is great. Let's do this. I didn't even know him. And he was like, I want to do this. And so we just started to kind of like tinker together as friends and just kind of like, is this a thing? Is it not a thing? Is this a hobby? Like, we don't know. And we just started to play. So I started to do some of the design myself. He started to do the back-end coding and try to like come up with prototypes. And we just kind of you know, built it from a hobby to a thing that we put out into the world, uh, and and I thought I was crazy when I pitched the idea to him because I was like, I know you had an idea, people need a place to tell their secrets, but then I was like, people need a place to feel less alone. Like, how do we how do we how do we build those two things together? So that was kind of how it happened, man. It was it was one of those things where the idea kept coming back. I felt the invitation continue to come back, and then I finally. Literally, when the path crossed with my co-founder, uh, I was like, "This is an alignment moment. Let's see if this guy would be into it." Uh, and there was no, there was no real indication that he would want to do it, right? You know, um, other than he had an idea that was similar. And so, yeah, it, it was kind. Of, honestly, it was kind of organic, very serendipitous, and me being open to letting the idea stay on the surface. Um, I want to call out one thing too, like, for me, what I'm trying to put into the world needs to feel authentic, like to me, to the core. And I oftentimes, with, with, we live in a capitalist society, money makes the world go round, businesses are all about extracting value in transactions and exchanges, and the mental health space is susceptible to those same kinds of things, extracting value from people, um, obviously, with, with the mindset that it's for the greater good. And you know, you hire these employees, they work really hard and then you know, they create value. But I've seen so many, so many of my friends who work in that space get a little burnt out and it not be embodied within their, their life. And so with Within, I've definitely been taking it slow and trying to make sure that I am living what I am preaching. I am um, trying to create a space for people to connect to themselves and I'm not going to kill myself to make that thing a thing. So really almost like going with the tide, man. It's like the water comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it goes out. Ideas come, they go out. (laughs) Let's see what sticks on the shore and I pick that up and I try that and I try to just ride the wave and not try to like manufacture it, that makes sense.
0: There's so much to unpack with that. So I'm thinking about so many different things here. You mentioned authentic to the core right? Or like, hey, I am living what I'm preaching. It just makes me think of like, when you mentioned like, hey, living the life of a chameleon, when uh-huh. we first talked about versus like, I am this, like, there's nothing to expose, because like, you can keep peeling back the layers of the onion, and it's still the onion. Um, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. How do you yeah. how do you keep that in check on a consistent base? Like, I know you mentioned like, taking it slow, like, how yeah. do you keep yourself not jumping into the line of like, what you guys have here is pretty special. Yeah. What are you doing to keep yourself grounded consistently?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's practice. Like it is a practice and practice, you know, is a thing that is just a space to hold. It doesn't mean you always feel good or it is easy or it feels natural, but it is the thing that I just come back to. I try to do it daily but sometimes it, I slip and I come back to it weekly, and I reset each time and say, "Hey, I'm back again." I'm gonna give you an analogy. Actually, I've been doing this thing. So I had this, I had this um, kind of like I was playing tennis a couple years ago. It's been a minute actually, and I and I didn't stretch before I started, and like I was playing, and then I kind of like pulled my my like my my hip a little bit, my you know, and that inner muscle, kind of like that groin muscle, and man, talk about a spot to, for things to feel, like, sore. Uh, and it really affects so much of your mobility. And I kind of, like, brushed it off, right? And, and I, you know, I sit at a desk every day, and I'm working every day. And um, I found that over the last year, I started to experience so much more pain in my hip. Um, like, the, like, my back, my hip, there was so much pain. And... And there was one day where I literally couldn't get out of bed. Like, I woke up and I went to bed fine, woke up. My back was, like, tight for, like, two days. And I was just like, man, this is, like, this sucks. Like, what's going on here? Um, And I did a little research. I was looking around, and and I found some materials around, like, hip tightness, you know, and basically working a few muscles on the inner groin area. And I started a daily stretching practice of just, like, Pro, but but prolonged kind of stretches like not just like you know the quick ones you do before you would like work out or something but like holding something for 5 minutes like just like holding a pressure point for 3 to 5 minutes at a time and it felt very like inconsequential like it was like what is this going to do like I'm, I'm i'm sitting in this position and that's it uh, and honestly in like 3 weeks like so much of the pain that i was feeling was gone so much mm from just a simple sitting every day and doing this simple stretch every day that I read about, it transformed my body. Like I was able to like get back to a place that I had ignored for a while. And so like that physical experience, like I try to do it on the, it with my business with, with, you know, my own practice of self-talk and and self-affirmation of just like, if I leave it alone too long, it can get stale and stiff and tight and affect other areas of my life. And if I just treat this as a simple practice and do the simple things that seem boring, like just sitting for five to 10 minutes a day and breathing, talking, listening, and like moving on each day, like if I don't do that thing, uh, I'll end up with that like really tough, twisted pain. And so in my my business, what it looks like is like, it's so simple. Like me and my business partner, we meet, we just, every week, once a week for an hour at minimum, right? There's other things we do, we Slack and we do all the other stuff, but we just sit and reground ourselves in what's most important, just the baseline. What are we trying to accomplish? Like, what, what does this mean to us? Why are we doing it? And just that practice of grounding ourselves on a regular basis in like the bigger idea allows us to not get distracted by some of the things like, hey, this partner this partnership thing is popping up. Hey, these people are kind of interested. They want to invest. What do you you want to talk to those guys? Oh, these guys over here have a business that's similar. They want to merge. Like, what's going on? And it's really easy. There was a point in time earlier this year, we started to go down the path of like let's 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 raise investor money, maybe. And it pulled us into that like that like Well, we gotta like do things like everybody else. Let's put together this deck and we gotta like hit those marks and all this. And it just felt it just felt inauthentic to to who we are and what we're trying to do. It felt like we were trying to participate in a thing that was just counter to the way we were thinking. We're like, we have to build this as a lifestyle business. That's what we need to do. We need to build this as a thing where even if only one person uses it in a month, like we still love it. Like we still are excited about that like that is the mindset that we have to have not just we got to scale we got to raise we got to go we got to exit in 10 years or whatever like it can't be that mindset it has to be hey why are we doing this because we believe in the power of self-talk why are we doing this because we believe in the practice of listening to others to help you feel empathy so that you can feel a sense of connection to things that are bigger than yourself you know so I'll I'll pause there so you can you can interject.
0: You ever read the book The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek?
1: No, I'm sure I've heard him quoted probably a half a dozen times, but I haven't read the book.
0: Where he talks about all these companies and the reason for their success is they never forgot the long term vision of what they started from.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's yeah. kind of like you are that inc- it's crazy to think that, like even the people you'd think are least susceptible to it. Like I would picture you guys as like the last folks that, like the money situation never creeps in. But even you guys that have like a very hardcore, we do this for this reason. It's so easy uh-huh. just to smell the money where it's like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. oh, that's kind of good. Um, yeah. But man, it's just a huge honor to guys to say like, hey, this is once again being authentic to the core. Like we stated, this is why we're starting it. We're not deviating from that. Um, right. I think it's super cool. And I think, you know, with what you're mentioning too, that that's so important of just to take it back to the start where you talked about like, how can we find a medium for people to talk with anonymous nature before it gets to a rock bottom? Like yeah. i never thought about that, but there's so many major issues we have in life mm-hmm. to where we don't address it as a problem until it's a huge problem. Yeah. All right. And yeah. it's, you know, how to put it, I almost think of it as like driving a car and like off in the distance, like, man, if you don't make if you don't turn a little bit to the right, you're gonna go off the cliff. And you yeah. get close and it's like, hey man, you really got it. and like when you get like and most people don't address it till they've gone through the safety barrier, the car is flying off a cliff and they're just hoping I don't die Right. from this. That's nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. And so we got within, we got it out, we got it going. If you guys have not, I was so honored that I got to be a beta tester for it. Yeah. Like when I asked you like, hey, can I send this over to a couple of friends? And they are, the people I sent it to were three folks that are the most cutthroat direct people that I know. Yeah. But are really big into like the emotional space. And every one of them came back and said like, this can really, really help people. Normally mm-hmm. you'd hear like, yeah, this is good, but this, but it's like the general resounding fact of like, this is really something that once again, we create programs and groups when you're flying off the cliff and hoping you don't die. Not when you can see the distance and make a turn. So there's, there's one thing too, that, um, I was interesting. No, can you walk the listeners through two things, the feelings wheel and the ACT basics?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, this is like the central component. We were trying to figure out um, what's something that people can universally connect to. And emotions became that thing, right? Like there, there are all these different affinity groups that you can join on different platforms and different websites and like I think subreddits and all that for like a common external interest. Um, but this idea that we all kind of share a universal kind of sensation, reaction, or emotional like experiences, like this idea of sadness, anger, fear, anxiety, all these things, like we've all felt them. and they we feel them for different things. We might have a different reason why we feel fear or happy or sad. But at the core of it is this idea that the feeling itself is a universal feeling. And we thought that that was pretty special to be able to give common language. And we wanted to find something that uh, people, that we didn't make the feelings wheel, it exists before us. We're, we're leveraging that as a way to, to bridge commonality. Um, uh, the one we're using is from a woman, her name is Dr. Gloria Wilcox, um, who's passed away I think at this point, but um, it's something close to 130 odd emotions. It starts with this seven core emotions At the center, which are the big ones that we know, right—the fearful, sad, uh, disgusted, angry, uh, happy, um, surprised—those kinds of kind of bigger ones that we can name. And as you actually move from the center and you move out, there are two more like rings on the feelings wheel, and each of those words kind of breaks out into more nuanced words um, that actually start to help you. Make a little bit more sense of what you're feeling. So yeah, maybe you're feeling bad, right? But actually, well, what is the bad feeling? Maybe it's you're feeling tired, right? Or you're feeling stressed, right? Or you're feeling rushed, and and th- that using those words like the better you're able to name the thing. Now I'm hearing myself um, um, say uh, basically quote Brene Brown because she's been doing this work with Atlas of the Heart, she dropped that book. I mean, this is such a core foundation to my story, learning about her and vulnerability all the way up till now. And I feel like it's been interesting to watch her kind of build everything she's building and me to learn from her and to kind of like see, she drops this book, Atlas of the Heart, which is really a study on emotions. Uh, and it's the kind of the space that we're working in too. So shout out to Brene Brown. but. If you're using the wheel, you're able to better name and articulate your emotions. And the better you're able to name it, the easier it is for you to move through it. And so that is the the key to the feelings wheel. It's a universal kind of system for people to have a common language about how they feel. And then you're able to find the nuance between what you're feeling. And the better you're able to articulate the, those nuances within yourself for yourself, you actually... Increasing your emotional IQ, and then you're able to con- see the thing that you feel, name it, maybe, t- and then we can talk about talking about it, talking through it, and then letting it pass through. So it's like, oh, I'm feeling bitterness right now, right? And I'm feeling bitterness about work. Okay, now I have some language here. Okay, how can I navigate and work through and release this emotion? What is this emotion trying to tell me? Or indicate to me, and honestly, the feelings will just creates kind of a really great frame to be able to to be able to name those things.
0: Now, when we take it back, the wheel then plays into the ACT basics, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So in ACT. is is acceptance commitment therapy it's just a a modality it came from a psychologist his name is dr stephen hayes who developed this system essentially and i've been following there's another psychologist named russ harris who's been more modern and been kind of like does a lot of teaching on this uh it's a really great um tool to use in concert with the the feelings wheel because when you can name an emotion now you need to figure out how to how to kind of like navigate that thing, right? So with ACT, it's kind of like, think of a triangle. uh, And essentially, this triangle is a triangle of psychological flexibility. And this idea that you can open up to what you're actually feeling, right? That's the first piece. Open up to what you're feeling and and kind of accept it. And that's a part of the acceptance commitment therapy piece is like, how do you accept what is right now? How do you accept that you feel bitter about work right now? How do you accept that you will feel sad about a family member right now, right? Like, how do you, how do you accept that? And it literally is just a whole space for that. So you start there, and then you actually take the time to be present in this moment, like right now. So you feel this thing, you accept that it exists, you don't push it away, you don't distract yourself, you accept that strong feeling, and then you actually be present in the moment, meaning, you stop triangulating about the future or the past because that's what we're doing as human beings. Ultimately, we're trying to feel safe and secure. That's what ultimately we're trying to feel a sense of safety and security, right? And we're always triangulating for survival based on what's happened in the past and what's happening or what we think might happen in the future, which we don't control. But if you're able to be in the present, which a really your easy way to be in the present is to focus on the breath, right? To breathe in and out and listen to your body. It helps you to kind of calm down your nervous system and hold space for that emotion and then access that part of you that lives, what I like to say outside of time, which is that still small voice within you that actually knows that you're okay, that's observing your experience, that's witnessing you. And so that that presentness allows you to realize that whatever's happening right now is so temporary and it is okay and you're okay. In this moment, you can feel your breath you are safe right now. Okay. So let's not have that, like that fight or flight response to whatever the thing might be. And let's just like accept it and then learn from it and then help it to relax. So the next piece in ACT is about after you've been present and grounded is to affirm your own values, like take committed action. And that action can simply be, we, we leverage it in the app as saying like, this is what you do to self-affirm, right? How do you affirm your emotion? How do you nurture the thing that you just felt or said or experienced, right? How do you, how do you support yourself in that? And so that piece of what, what are your values in this? You're yes. You're bitter about work. Okay. How does that relate to your value system? What do you value about yourself at work? Is it about being authentic? Is it about providing for your family? Is it about showing up and giving your best self? Is it about just collecting a paycheck? There's, there's different ways people might experience work. How can you then engage with that bitterness about work based on your value system and take committed action towards that? Man. And it could be as simple as saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I am bitter because my boss looked over, over looked past me again uh, when I did a really good job and he didn't affirm the fact that I did that to the rest of the organization and say, you know what? I know my value. I believe in who I am and my value is not tied to my boss's like accolade of me to the rest of the company. And I will be consistent here because I'm here to be consistent for myself and not for my boss, whatever that may be. It might be different for different people, but just taking that time to be present and listen to that observer in you that's witnessing your experience, that wants to nurture you, and then connecting that to your own core value system and taking committed action. And for us, it literally is just being gentle and kind to yourself in that moment And then maybe making a plan if you want to do for what you might do next. Um, That cycle, that acceptance commitment therapy cycle, that is that piece. So take the emotions and connect it to this journey of connect, accept to that thing. Be present right now, anchor in this present moment, and then self-affirm through a sense of reflecting on your values and taking committed action. That's, That's to me the special sauce.
0: I think this will kind of be a podcast first, that makes so much sense to me to where I almost think if you're listening to this right now, you might want to pause, go back five minutes and listen to it again <clears throat> and think about where you're at right now. My question would be, you mentioned the triangulation, right? We start to like, this This emotion blows up in us, right? Yeah. We start thinking backwards. We start thinking forwards, <clears throat> I propose, and let me know your thoughts on this. We start thinking forward of what could happen. That's a right. main trigger of what anxiety for a lot of people, what they feel is like. is right. they're worried about what this could happen. But if we really have the foundation, like you mentioned, you said bringing it back to yourself, right? Like, right. I know exactly who I am. Right. And so, therefore, when I'm triangulating, right, and I'm thinking forward, that's like a future outcome that could happen, but most likely won't happen. But to right. me it seems so much more real, right? Like it's a one percent chance that could happen. But in the time, if I let it spiral out inside of my brain, it's not like a ninety nine point nine percent situation it's gonna happen. Right. Um right.
1: Yeah. And what you what you the thing is about what's hard sometimes for people is what you your perception is your reality.
0: One hundred percent.
1: That is, that is the absolute truth. If you feel fear and anxiety about a circumstance, your body is operating as if that is true. And so if you can change the way you see an experience, no matter how difficult that experience might be, you're able to nurture and create safety within your own experience that's independent of the external experience. Because we cannot predict and control the future at all. Like, you know, we can do our best, right, to make good, healthy choices, safe choices, but ultimately we don't have control. We think we have control, we don't have control. And even when things happen that we predict, that's still an element of luck. (laughs) Like, it it still is that. And so what, what you do have is each breath, what you do have is each thought that comes into your mind, And how you relate to that thought that comes into your mind. Like you cannot, you cannot control your life. And I think that that tying back to like my own experience is like my thought was that I could control my life. And that's what created this kind of like, like really me having a, like an addictive personality kind of accentuated this. Like how do I triangulate to control, right? And then I ended up like leave, like, like basically drifting away from a pathway that was authentic.
0: Right? So you're like so it's it's, like, almost, it's almost like you're trying on different what you would claim yourself. I'm trying on different authenticities to try to right. manipulate the outcome. Right. When you're just chasing a dragon, you ain't gonna catch. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're not gonna catch. Man, that. You're, not gonna catch that. you're gonna get ensnared. Is what's Man. gonna happen. So yeah, I I like this is and and we're talking about like you know. Bitterness and resentment and, and and all these kinds of t- tough emotions, it's also really beautiful to check in on the the ones that feel good. The happiness, feeling a sense of awe, feeling delighted and surprised by something. Like there are those things also are fleeting too. And so sometimes we can chase this moment. If this happens, then I'll be happy. If that happens, then I'll be so excited or so elated, right? Like but you can spend 10 years trying to get to a moment, and it's still just a moment.
0: Yes. Yes. So
1: then what? Right? What do you do after that?
0: Hey, man, that's why I'm a faith-based guy. So yeah. I'm not I'm – not, that, is, that is such an interesting concept too. Like I'm glad you brought it up because me and my close friends talk about this all the time. Of like it depends on the notion of what you're chasing it with. Like yeah. there's some pretty cool things I'm going to get to do this year that I've been talking about for a long time. But yeah. I'm doing it with the notion that I'm going to get it. It's it's kind of a materialistic possession, but there's a bigger cause behind it. Yeah. And I know I'll be happy with it for probably a day, maybe yeah. two. And then I'm like, okay, then it's on to the next one. Like, I know it's not over. Like And Jason, just imagine, like, what if that, that one thing you're chasing the whole time, right, for 10 years? You're going to get it, but then you know you're going to get it, and then the day afterwards you die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah i just think it's so cool that you're talking about this and, and, and having that having within where you can use that as a grounding piece like i whenever i used to get mad or angry upset or excited like i'd always been on social media just scrolling it was like almost just a nerve not a nervous but like a just program yeah. inside of me whoever created the business model for social media or the psychiatrist behind it guys well done <laughs> um also i'd have it like to have a choice conversation with you too but at this same point in time, yeah. like yeah. It, it's a great way for me to escape where it's like, okay, let me, just, let me just figure this out right now. I'm like, how do I make sure I come yeah. back to center? Because naturally, yeah. like, Jason, I'm assuming you're way better at this than even I would be, right? Like when you start to triangulate, like we're right here, right? Yeah. Even when an emotion hits really hard, you probably move a little bit forward, right? And catch yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? But like the, that's you doing it with all the time. Like the average person, we slingshot way forward and they have to walk ourselves all the way back. So how cool. do we metastasize like bad things happening and get not get over it, but like accept it, mm-hmm. breathe, and then continue to be progressive with it going forward? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and know that like you're going to feel a range of emotions on a daily basis. Like it's really par for the course to, to experience different things. Like what's been cool about like my own practice using my app for myself, right, because, <laughs> <like>, you know, <laughs> is that we do this thing where we, we basically kind of plot, we, everything's color-coded. So all the different emotions have a color to them and you begin to kind of like be able to look at a glance and see your theme of colors. Like it's like for us, happy is orange. Um, and then like uh, anger is like purple, right? I can look, we, I basically created this like feelings wheel for you, like your feelings wheel, based based on your sessions that you record over time. And you can see at a glance, like for me, I've noticed like, oh, like most of the time I'm happy. Like most of my recordings are actually happy recordings, but the ones I feel most acutely are when I'm sad or angry or like feeling bad or those things like have these spikes where they register really, really loud right in the moment. And then even the trailing experience after were moments of happiness. They don't register as high and they seem like they fall off a little bit quicker because there's so much other stuff going on. But then when I zoom out and look at my life, I'm like, oh, yeah, net net average is that I'm more happy than I'm not. Even though I can think of these acute moments where I felt resentment or bitterness or anxiety that were spikes. And it's like, oh, man. And it's, again it's our brain is always trying to triangulate like, okay, cool, that happened, so then how do you fix it so that it doesn't happen again, so that you never feel that again. And it's like, that's actually just not my whole life. There are good chunks of my life most of the time when I'm generally content and at peace. <laughs> but the brain is like overemphasizes on the things that are like the, the 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 edge cases of like, oh man, like oh no, like this one thing happened, so therefore I have this I can never do this again. Or, you know, I had this breakup in a relationship and so like I can never be with somebody like that again, you know, like we we're always again, it's that safety survival
0: thing. It's almost like but, the, the the it reminds me of the bell curve, right? Where it's like the two yeah. like outer ends yeah. are very take a very small amounts of our lives, yeah. but yet it consumes a large part of our brain. Where it's, it's like so small. I love that wheel where it's like, hey, you are happy most of the time, but we just are like, no. But then, yeah, I mean, think about it. It's very yeah. few of us live in a state of being unhappy over happy in a given day. And if you're that unhappy, you know, yeah. this is a great app to start with. And then, hey, to start. To start a, up, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I like the animosity of it, too. Um, it's funny we're talking about this today. But, um, yeah. Jason, are you a big, do you watch the UFC at all? I do not. Okay.
1: I do not. Only through commercials.
0: So, I'm not a big... You know, the, the main reason I watch it is because I think about the amount of stress level you have to mentally put yourself through to notably mm. go into a situation where someone's mm. going to try to figuratively take your head off, like mm. willingly walking into that and knowing weeks upon and you're going into it, yeah. but subject for a that's, different time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy named, one of my favorite fighters named Patty Pimblett, and he talked about like the day before his fight, his buddy killed himself in the morning. And um, he goes, the one thing I'd encourage is he always calls, instead of guys, he's uh, from the UK, he calls them lads. He's like, I wish lads would talk to you know talk about stuff more than just burying it down. And I yeah. think a lot of times for guys going to like an anonymous meet or going to see somebody is then you having to fully admit and come to grips that I have a legitimate problem. Which is probably yeah. super helpful, but most guys from American culture are like, just shove it down probably... further. Drink yeah. booze, it'll help you out. Do, that's yeah. awful. Uh, yeah. But this is a situation where like – lo- The thing I love about this app, or, like just sharing it with some of my friends that are guys, like you don't have to get to that point in your brain. Right. And so it starts a lot well, – Like I could be hearing another guy's voice, right? I don't even know who that person is. Yeah. But that's a guy yeah. too. And so he's – And I'm feeling – So maybe this isn't so uncommon. Right. And I think right. that's kind of one of the things of human nature. We want to like – For better or for worse, groupthink is good and it can also be very bad. But it's just finding the nature of like, hey, I have a sense of belonging. I am this. And I'm actually able to pause before I go too far off the ledge. Uh, And
1: that's why we use the – that's why we have both like the emotion. Like you tag your emotion and that's what's public when you make your content public. And then we also have – you can tag – like, is it school related? Is it work related? Is it relationship related? Is it a friendship? You know, yeah. whatever it is, right? And so then you're quickly able to scan and kind of like see, you know, other people who have had similar... You can just go, like, even if right now, even if you don't record, you can go in and you can kind of take a look and see like, oh, people are feeling curious about their beliefs or feeling anxious about a relationship. And maybe that's something that I can learn from or see if I resonate with. And, um, and actually, in some ways, we're actually... We've, we've been, we've, uh, we're making some changes to the, to the experience. Um, partly because we found that, again, this is going back to that practice thing. Like, why are we doing this? What are we doing this for? Um, social media is like, I mean, it, it, it's a tool, right? And we've talked about this before and that like some, it might be something that we weren't ready for. And so it kind of can consume in negative ways, depending on where you are in your own personal stuff, your own journey to your own authentic self, um, and but it's consumptive in nature. It's it's very it's like more and more and more quick 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 swipe 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 right. That's kind of like the nature mm-hmm. of it. And we initially when we started working on it, and if you open the app today, it's probably like exactly this. It's like you can see like a list basically. Anybody who's made their content public, um, you can just kind of quickly scroll through and kind of see you know oh recent content. It's like oh. Forty minutes ago, somebody felt anxious, you know, about a relationship, you know, or felt hurt um, about work with work or something, right? So, like, you can see those things, and in a way, by following that philosophy around like the TikTok's endless scroll or the Instagram endless scroll, it almost, in a way, can cheapen um, what each of these little like recordings represents. And so we're actually going through the process of shifting and turning the the content that people share anonymously um, into a simpler empathy practice where we, we're not just going to like give, here's the whole library of everybody who's ever recorded something. And we're actually going to simplify it and go, here are three sessions in the last week or so that have been recorded. This is your time to practice empathy. So that way, no matter what, this person is saying um, or what they've tagged, you can take a moment to feel human and recognize that somebody's dealing with something I and you can listen and kind of <clears throat> practice a sense of like, like, do you relate? Do you resonate? Can you empathize in this moment? Right. And so it's just really simplifying that component and making it a practice because what we realize is that we don't want our app to be something that is, I'm in it three hours a day, just listening to everybody who's out here in the world and like, now you're, you're, not, you're not dealing with your own stuff. So we're capping it. We're going to cap it. You're going to be in our app maximum 10 minutes a day, max. Like if you do one self-talk session, that takes you about two to seven minutes. If you do a meditation in between the, the reflection and the affirmation, and then you're going to get three sessions that you can listen to from other people, and that's just going to be a practice moment. Just like, wow, somebody felt curious, somebody felt anxious, somebody felt sad. And like you can just sit and hold that in your heart and the reason we're doing it this way partly being wanting to be anti wanting a sense of community but anti like this the the typical social media is that the feedback i've gotten from people over and over again it's like wow it's like this is such a great empathy practice like that's that's the feedback we get it's like wow when i listen to other people it's such a great empathy practice and it's like that is the thing. It is your self-talk practice, and it is an empathy practice. It's connect with yourself and hold space for others. And it was just a moment of just like, oh my gosh. So we're in the process right now of making some tweaks to, to the the the, the community aspect, so that it's more intentional, and you're not just in here for hours. Do you find that it can so be many, so much content?
0: Do you feel like it can be dangerous for sometimes? I'm sure with law of numbers, it exists from somebody, but people are just logging in there just to try to make themselves feel better about the situation of like, well, okay, this guy's going through it, so I don't have to feel as bad about like what I'm going through right now or like, oh, his is worse, so I guess I don't have to deal with it just as much or like they're looking for a crutch rather than actually to look at themselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. The data you guys have to be gathering for this thing has got to be just like, it's so cool to me where, you know, (laughs) within creates the first step. Mm-hmm. But it could be so much bigger yeah. than what it could actually be. Just all the data, right? Of like, you've got all these data points. It can go out yeah. and help something even bigger that we just might. I mean, you're smarter than I am in this space. like, But we might not even be able to even see yet of like yeah. how big of a magnitude. I mean, yeah. I got. there's a guy that once built yeah. an engine and it moves some wheels. There's no way he would have ever thought it would have turned into what the modern day car world is today. Great. Agreed. Also, I was, I'm was. i laughing right now at this, Jason. So you mentioned how people like all experience different things. So I'm sorry for the listeners on the podcast, and I was actually going to have a stop and restart this. But, Jason, could you hear a little ringing going on in the background the whole time?
1: No, I couldn't hear it.
0: So the fire alarm was going off inside of my building. And <laughs> at first it's like, okay – it might go off every once in a while. And then I started to hear like the multiple fire trucks rolling up and I was like, Ooh, could be something. But I'm starting to think about like all these different people experiencing different emotions when they hear that alarm going off in their ears, which translates to their brain. And it's kind of cool. We're talking to you. It's like, you know what? I probably won't die. My building probably won't catch on fire. And if it does, I'll probably get out. And even if I don't like die doing something I love, I don't know. seems pretty cool to me. Um, I
1: could, yeah. I, listen, I, re- I resonate that, with that so deeply. Um, the 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 greatest, to me, the greatest thing that you can experience in life is um, like an appreciation for your death. There's actually an app. There's actually an app called We... I haven't used it in years. I actually heard about it on another podcast years ago. It's called, I think it's called We Croak. And basically, it's like taps into this Buddhist mindfulness practice of five times a day randomly you get a notification that basically says someday you're going to die and like a little quip about like you know how to be connected to that idea and recognize like you're here you're not here that long and embrace what you have right now and know that at some point you will cross that path like every other human being who has ever lived minus maybe one (laughs) right well (laughs) yeah or you know however you want to evaluate that view but this idea that like you are going to pass one day and so this you gotta like live as presently as you possibly can and you and you have to make peace with the fact that you just don't know everything and if you can make that peace and live and here's the thing ultimately what am i trying to do I want people to be aware of themselves so that they can live an authentic life That that is the foundation of which is love for themselves and for others. That will create such beautiful moments in our world. The fact that you can connect with yourself and recognize that you are safe most of the time, not everybody is. Physical violence, like there are things yep. where people are not safe. But for most of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast right now in this moment, the, the likelihood of you... Being in a place where you're in high danger is so low, but does your life and the way you live your life each day reflect a sense of that love that exists? Are you giving that love to other people? When you exchange time with others, do they feel delighted? Do they feel that special spark of energy? Like that's, that is the beauty of what we can be as human beings while we're here. I think of like deep in the ocean where they have those like um, bioluminescent uh, schools of fish and jellyfish and other crustaceans and how they just light up and like move. Like that's humanity too, right? This idea, we're here to be a light for a bit of time and then we pass. And I'm hoping that what we're doing with Within can be a very, very small part in helping people do the work within themselves to let let the light that's within them like shine. That's ultimately what it is, man.
0: I think you gave us the best outro we could have got right there. Now I gotta ask because people loved it when we asked it the first time. In closing, you know, people always ask like, "What's the best piece of advice you ever gotten?" We're done yeah, yeah, yeah. doing that. So the new thing we do is, "What's the worst piece of business advice you've ever got?" <laughs>
1: the worst piece of business advice oh oh that's a good question let me think on that for a moment um hmm. you know what it's not even a particular piece of advice it's more the 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 mindset that the person giving the advice was in um and how do i break that down um, I talked to somebody recently, uh, within the last year or so, um, who has, has started multiple businesses, and um, and uh, he was just, he was like, uh, if this, he was basically like, if this is not on track to make $10 million in two years, I can't care about it. Like, that, like, it was like, it was like, I'm not even willing to give you my point of view because I don't think there's enough value for this to exist in the world. And it was one of those moments where I was just like, all right, dude, cool. <laughs> totally, totally fine. Hey, <laughs> but man. just just that, that attitude, that energy of just like being dismissive, uh, like it was just like one of those like, oh, okay, cool. Like, hey, you know, I, I, I look for, it, to me, it's not about the end. It's about, you know, the present exchanges you're having with people. And so, like, I, I actually felt kind of sad that, that that was his mindset because it wasn't even about the thing. It's about the connection, you know? Things bring us to places of connection with people. Yep. So, like, that's what it was all about. Now, I will say one of the best piece of advice I got was from a guy who started multiple businesses and he was like, listen, I've raised money before and and the reality is it is not; it is not a really delightful experience. It's like, if you can bootstrap something for yourself, by all means, do that. You're going to be happier today and likely into the future because you don't have other people that are coming at you because they just want to extract value from you. Yep. And that was, that was really, cause he's built a really cool, pretty uh, prominent um, uh, digital product as well. And yeah, he's self-funded. And I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is
0: interesting. So
1: yeah, good and bad.
0: Hey. We got a bonus one there. We didn't even ask for it. Um, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been part two. Also, uh, for those of you who didn't know how convicted Jason is about within. Today's actually his birthday. So <laughs> you want to talk about a guy being definitely authentic to the court. Jason, thank you so much for coming on, hopping on. God bless yeah, you. Man. And uh, can't wait to talk to you again.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cody.